This is Gail Kastning, and this is Life Changes Channel. Hey, how'd you like a chance to win one of multiple gift cards in multiple draws just for sharing your thoughts, your feedback, and your opinion on all of the things that we offer from our support groups, the podcast, our events, the magazines. Would love to hear from you. I have a survey out and by completing it, it's short and quick, just takes a couple minutes. Your name will be entered in a draw to win. So check out the link in the show notes and give us your thoughts. Thank you. Life comes with many changes. Some are expected, some are unexpected, some positive, some challenging, but you don't have to navigate them alone. There are people who care and want to help. You're in the right place because I'm here to connect you with them. What is your next step? Making choices that involve change can be difficult. Where can you find the resources who have answers for your questions? Our team of experts and professionals can help you make informed decisions with less stress to help you manage these changes in your life easier. You'll also meet people just like you who share their stories to encourage you not to give up. Hi, I'm Dina Court, an author, blogger, publisher, and empowerment coach. Thank you for joining me today on the Life Changes channel podcast, where we'll cover topics around life changes that you might be facing in your career and education, health, finances, relationships, parenting, aging, real estate, lifestyle, loss, and personal growth. This show started out as a Divorce Magazine Canada podcast, but so much of the content could also apply even if you aren't dealing with a divorce or separation. So now it's Life Changes channel. There will still be lots of information to support you or someone you care about who is dealing with divorce or separation. I encourage you to go back and meet all the incredible guests in the earlier episodes. There is so much gold there. And hey, did you know we have a YouTube channel, a new Life Changes channel, and free magazines with articles from our team available across much of Alberta, as well as on our website, lifechangesmag.com. We also hold online divorce resource groups that are free to attend and everyone is welcome. Check out the links in the show notes and be sure to join us. We love bringing experts to you. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website, lifechangesmag.com and stay tuned at the end for the legal language. Ready? Here we go. Careers are not really what they used to be where you start one and you stay in it for your entire working life. So many other options are available now. Non-traditional careers are becoming much more popular, much more of an option. And today, my special guest, Gail Kastning, is here to explain more about what that is, whether you are looking to get back into the workplace, change your career, transition, pivot, or add to your current revenue streams. Let's meet her now and hear more about it. Welcome, Gail, to the show. I love the work that you do. This is really intriguing, especially when it comes to people dealing with life changes, with uh, whether there's a divorce or not, Mm -hmm. and some of the options that they don't even realize are available to them, what's happening in the workplace. Maybe some people have been away from uh, a career or, or work, raising a family. Right. We're also seeing a lot of gray divorce where people haven't been in the workplace and now they, they want to get back into it. So 
Welcome, Gail. Please tell us about yourself and your why and what has led you to do the work that you do. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, so I I have a company called Purposeful Careers, and I've been working in the area of career development for probably 20 years now uh, with um, in the in the area of helping people with career transitions, also um, just doing consulting and contracting work, building career services programs. So that's one of the things that my company does. Um, and right now we have a branch out workshop series, which has been funded by the Alberta and Canadian governments, where we are offering career support to non-traditional workers. So people who are interested in um, freelancing, contracting, consulting, or getting easing back into the workplace with uh, employee-based work, but it would be part-time casual on-call. So like a little bit lighter and could be dialed up and dialed down in terms of the hour. So supporting non-traditional workers. That's really amazing because for so many people, that feels like a way to get in without being committed to something that's not going to fit their life. And they, yes. can, they can consider that there is work out there that could fit their life and be comfortable and rewarding. Absolutely. And it also helps because uh, a lot of folks, especially if they've been out of the workplace for a period of time, they might not be uh, completely clear on what it is that they want to do. So it gives people the opportunity to also uh, pull a portfolio career together. So I'm a portfolio careerist and I've worked this way for over 20 years. So that's where you income stream. So you have multiple different things that you do instead of uh, like a traditional full-time job. So in that case, it, it can help where somebody can might maybe test drive like two part-time jobs or an on-call job and a part-time job and, and kind of weave things together. And a lot of people are doing that to create flexibility and freedom that they want, especially if they have young families and other people are doing that because they're maybe maybe exiting the workforce and they're moving into retirement and they don't want to completely 100% exit. And uh, some folks, for example, like getting back to the topic of divorce, where I've coached people who are moving into the workplace after a divorce and staying home and looking after their families for a long period of time, and they want to ease in. And so in some cases, they may take on two or three different things. For multiple reasons too. Well, it's a great way to build skill set. Yeah. And explore, like you said, what fits, what feels good, what do I enjoy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a a portfolio career in particular, I find is very, it's very flexible. It's very um it's malleable, right? So you're not you're not in a full-time traditional job with the expectation of potentially moving up the career ladder with the hours that potentially come with that as well. So sometimes picking and choosing to um, fit different types of work together, you can come up with a better schedule. You know, I I can think of people who would find this uncomfortable others find this super encouraging and you would be able to match the personalities and say you know maybe this isn't for you because some people really appreciate predictability and consistency they just come in I know this is what I do instead of jumping from you know one revenue stream like one job to another job and doing different skills others find that fascinating and, and a way to 
appease the their curiosity and not get bored. So you are able then to help them navigate and, and decide whether that's the best for them or they can work towards just really staying in some type of a consistent position with, with the company. Yes. Yeah. And so, and you're exactly right. Like some people do prefer to have more of a traditional look to their career. And, and in some cases you can also um, ease your way back into that with um, a non-traditional approach, like taking a short contract or uh, maybe doing some freelance work to get your toe in the door again. That's a nice way to ease back in. So that's using non-traditional work, for example, to to move into a traditional position at some time, but just not doing it so abruptly. Especially, uh, I find that when folks have been out of the workplace for a period of time, there could be some some um, anxiety around, you know, just hopping in full time, right? Because that is a forty-hour week, and that, and or in some cases longer, depending on what you're doing. Um, you could be expected to work overtime and whatnot. So, so sometimes it's easier for for folks to take a non-traditional approach to getting back into the traditional workforce. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that, Gail. I am also curious to know where you find people struggle the most. And this this is going to be on an individual basis, I'm sure, but just in general, yeah. is it sometimes the tech side of it? Because if people have been away from work for a while, we, we do all pretty much have computers in our homes now. It's not like it was say 15 years ago where a computer you only use at work maybe or 20 years ago where are you finding that people maybe struggle the most to get to transition maybe like you say they're going towards retirement and maybe the transition in that case would be just what do i do with the rest of my time <laughs> yeah that yes that that's definitely um a different type of transition uh, when it comes to being out of the workplace for a period of time and, and moving back in, I think I think you're right with tech being uh, something that needs to be considered with that, because in a very short period of time, technology can change very quickly. Uh, an example would be, you know, clients that I've worked with in the past who have uh, who have left their jobs just for a year for whatever reason. It could be because of healthcare, it could be because um, they, you know, when a maternity leave, it could be that like a parental leave, or it could also be that they decided to just, uh, take time off and, and travel the world for a year or something. And then they, they want to go back in. And in some cases in just one year, there can be significant technology changes depending on their occupation, which is actually quite shocking. But what I say to people is, you know, a lot of the time employers are looking for soft skills in addition to tech, technical skills and technical skills can typically be trained into somebody if they have the capacity. And if you can use a phone, like honestly, think about what we do on our phones. Like I can run a business off my phone. So if you can, if you, all the things that we do on a phone, if you're operating a phone and you're operating a phone at you know, quite a high level in some cases we are, uh, or other technology in our home, like iPads and computers, and that's just for personal use, then a lot of those skills can be transferred into learning new technology. So sometimes that is not as much of a barrier as we think it is, as long as you're eager to learn and, and you're willing to learn. 
uh, where where I find employers really appreciate is the fact that you're coming to work on time. You're dependable. You're reliable. <laughs> you're somebody that if you say you're going to follow through, you actually follow through and you get along well with others. And, you know, you're not bringing a lot of conflict or drama into the workplace. Like those are those are skills that employers cannot train into people as easily like those are and they're of high value they really are because um because it's not easy to train train people in those skill sets plus um if you know if if you come in with weaknesses in those areas it can actually you know cause cause a lot of challenges internally for for employers. So that's the area where, you know, if you can showcase that you're really strong in a lot of those areas that employers find that highly valuable. And those are the soft skills that you're talking about, Gail. Yeah. yeah. Those are all the soft skills. Yeah. Personal that's, management or soft skills. Yeah. That's very encouraging because very likely, and I'm just going to use it as, as an example. If a mom has been a stay at home mom and wanting to get back into the workforce, whether there's a divorce or not, Yes. She has learned a lot by either the volunteering she's done, the coordinating that she, coordination that she's done of her life and her kid's life. Uh, maybe she's been a coach. Maybe she's been, a, you know, on some boards and whatever that might be and has skills she didn't even realize are very marketable and very much in demand in the workplace. How do you suggests that they communicate this though when they are applying for a job right so when we when we look at uh when we do skill capturing exercises for example uh what we're doing is we're often we're just you know brainstorming kind of unearthing a lot of uh skill sets that people actually don't realize that they have so in uh in the work that i've done in the past with a lot of folks whether it's facilitating groups or for like resume writing or or interview skills, what we do is we capture skills. So we're capturing a lot of the skills that people have and often, you know, dividing, dividing them into transferable skills. You know, what are my transferable skills? Those are skills that can be moved from industry to industry or occupation to occupation, something like um, a transferable skill would be something like being able to uh, like being creative, right? You can you can move that one from occupation to occupation or industry to industry. Um, so transferable skills. And then also sitting down and looking at your personal management or your soft skills, the things that have to do with um, being reliable, coming to work on time, you know, getting along with others. Those are all, and time management would also be another thing that would be more of a soft skill. And then the technical skills and just really, you know, listing off these skill sets that you have and then also looking at people's accomplishments whether that's coming from things that you've done personally because I've met people who have taken time off of work and ran and you know trained for marathons trained to be a triathlete and those are huge things like those are huge personal accomplishments that require you to get the job done oh and (laughs) focused and commitment and Exactly. Yes. And so, and so when, when you realize that, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you've done in your personal life or possibly your volunteer uh, life 
and you start to dig up all of the skills and the accomplishments, then, you know, I think, I think that builds confidence in us where we realize that, yeah, I might, I might've been out of the workforce for a period of time, but these are some of the things that I've done. And these are some of the results that I've had. And there's right? value in those. And there's value. There's absolute value. And it's just being able to communicate this because if we, if we don't believe it, right. nobody else is going to believe it in an interview, right? So we have to believe that these things that we've done are important and that they've built skills in us and that, and that we've been of value and we've benefited in the things that we've done. And then when we believe it and you're sitting in an interview, the other person that's interviewing you is going to believe it too. Would you say there's a lot of demand for these type of non-traditional roles in the workplaces is is there growth there and and lots of opportunity do you mean in freelancing contracting consulting yes yes Yes. so we're seeing uh, an uptick we have for the last 10 years we've seen uh, an uptick in non-traditional work so employers uh, wanting to hire more independent workers so independent workers are the freelancers contractors consultants Uh, the umbrella of non-traditional work is basically gig work. So it's on demand labor. So that's non-traditional work. So non-traditional work is on demand labor. Traditional work is work that's not on demand. So it's permanent work. So that's the difference. Uh, So with non-traditional work, we have, if you divide it into, um, uh, I I kind of divide non-traditional work into three categories. So it's employed, people are employed, but they're working non-traditionally. So their their hours are dialed up, dialed down. So they're working on demand, but as an employee. So that could be part-time, casual, on-call, seasonal. Those are um, on-demand workers. And then the independent workers are non-traditional workers. And those are people that are self-employed. So independent workers are on demand, but they're self-employed and they're freelancers, contractors, consultants. And for some people coming back into the workplace, depending on their skill sets, it might be better for them to come in as an employee working casually or on demand or potentially self-employed and then working as a freelancer, contractor, consultant and coming back into the workplace that way. And then the third category are the portfolio careerists. So those are people like me that income stream, who prefer to income stream. So my business now I'm having to hire teams. So I see myself a little bit more as an entrepreneur, but I still have that, uh, I still have that uh, income streaming mindset where we're income streaming from a variety of different directions. So it could be that you have two part-time jobs or you've got multiple freelance gigs that you're doing, or you are coming in on contract for one employer for three months and then going to a different employer for three months and working for them. So that's an example of multiple income streams. You hear a yeah. lot about that. You know, there's various things. I'll ask you to give the examples. You're the expert, but things like affiliate marketing or uh, mm-hmm. like myself, I have books that I've written plus the magazine. And those are those are even different um, ways of having revenue and or income. Or yes. some people, you know, maybe with some, um, well, I'm, I'm a Reiki master. Um, I've done some personal coaching, very, you know, quite varied. And it doesn't necessarily all 
seem like a natural fit, but it's very interesting work. And, you know, I just find that people don't always consider what is possible. Now there's others that I've explored and realized, no, I, I think I just want to keep them as a hobby and not try and develop them into a business. Right. Or you're able to help coach people through those types of decisions and help them find a fit then. Yes. So our, uh, my specialization is coaching non-traditional workers or um, right now what we, what we have is we've got a brand, the branch out workshop series and that's funded for Albertans for the next 18 months. And so they can come into our uh, workshop series, our branch out workshop series, and we've got three workshops. So we, the first workshop is a uh, introduction to or sorry, non-traditional work. So what is non-traditional work and how can you uh, strategize and leverage non-traditional work for your situation? Uh, it could be to get back into the workplace as we've been talking about, but it could also be to create certain flexibility or freedom that you want, that you can't get that when you are uh, working traditionally. And then the second workshop is branching out to set yourself up as an independent worker. So that's a freelancer, contractor, consultant. And we take people through everything from, you know, getting yourself set up um, in terms of are you a sole proprietor or incorporated to how do you negotiate your hourly rates? So that's a two-day workshop. And then the third, uh, the third, the third workshop is branching out with a portfolio career so how to income stream and what you were talking about before is passive so you were talking about passive income streams rather than okay. active income okay. stream okay thanks yeah. for clarifying that yes of course um unless you're actively doing something with that like the reiki master would be active yeah, exactly. the the book sales now that they're you know they're just out there people buy them that's passive that becomes passive. Yeah. And a lot of the passive income streams that you were talking about, some of them are, uh, they're active to begin with, right? You're writing that book and um, then, then they become, so you have to do the work up front, but then you're doing the work up front so that they become a passive source of income down the road. Yeah. I think you might be a portfolio careerist. Uh, you think? <laughs> I think I, I really do. Yeah, I've done some social media management and I've dabbled in a few things um, mm -hmm. besides the traditional. And even towards the end of like kind of my traditional was becoming more non-traditional where I had more flexibility working from home, that type of thing. Nice. Um, so I, you know, I've, I like that and I don't think I could ever go back to traditional. Do you find that that's where a lot of people land when they it feels very comfortable. They, they just will probably yes. never go back to traditional. Well, that's a really good question because over the, over the years, so I've been doing this for quite a while. And over the years, what I find is that I've coached people from traditional backgrounds into non-traditional work. But then what's interesting is depending on the stage of life, people will go from non-traditional work then back to traditional and again, it depends on, it depends on, you know, what's kind of going on in their lives, but um, it's also because in some cases, in some occupations, in some industries, they might find, okay, the freelancing was really great for this period of time, but now I just want something 
more traditional because I want to, in some cases, people want to kick up their income. Although if they're not a portfolio careerist and they haven't figured out how to how to stream income from multiple directions, they might feel, oh, I, I need to go back into my traditional job because, you know, I want maybe that pension at the end or I want to be able to, um, you know, put in that 40-hour week or a longer week because, I'm just wanting to, you know, prep for retirement. And so they put in, you know, five years in a traditional job because that's just an an easier way for them to meet their financial goals. So I've seen I've seen people bump in and out uh, depending on their stage of life. And then I kind of like that because you become ambidextrous then. And so if, you know, there's a downturn in the economy and you lose your traditional job, you know, hey, I can... I can dial up some freelance work. I can dial up some contract work in this recession. Like they really become resilient workers Mm -hmm. and they end up with uh, more resilient careers when you've got that capacity to be able to, to do both. Yeah. A couple things come to mind. One, hopefully I remember them both. (laughs) Um, One is I suspect that, when you take on freelance type work and this non-traditional work, every job that you pick up isn't necessarily going to fit exactly your skill set. So you're going to constantly, like I talked earlier, you're going to be expanding your skill set. And, mm. and and it just makes, it gives you more opportunity to learn more. You're going to fit. And eventually you grow so that you can have even more options for what jobs are out there that that you feel confident picking up. And the other point I was going to make is, I think as entrepreneurs, we all probably have days where you just think, it happens to me, um, I, I should just get, a, just get a normal job and just Absolutely. have a consistent paycheck, just show up, do my job, but done at the end of the day. It won't be on my mind all the time. Right. Yes. And, and it, again, it depends on what kind of non-traditional work you have, but um, because some people have non-traditional work that is very, uh, like it comes back, right? Like I had a, a facilitation contract for 10 years. So it was, you know, it was repeated. It was a, uh, I had to bid on workshops every six months and whatnot. So my, my schedule tended to change. And, um, and that's why I, I wanted to work that particular contract because I could bid on work around my husband's schedule. So ended up not needing childcare because of that. So that was really handy. Um, but I had that contract for 10 years. And when I did my um, my taxes at the end of every year, it was you know consistently the same income every year, even though the hours were sort of different every month. Um, so you can get contracts where there is some consistency in there, but you're right. Like sometimes it may feel less consistent depending on your industry and your occupation. You might have to look for, um, for example, contracts yourself. And so that might, like you said, you're constantly maybe in a state of, okay, well, what am I going to do next? Um, and, and yeah, some days you wake up and it's like, oh man, like it'd be really nice to just go to a regular everyday job today yeah. and not have to think about this. Yeah. yeah. Pull up to my Absolutely. desk, park myself and then leave the other I know. I'm done. But, but um, then, but then I want to, just to, just to piggyback on that though, 
then the people who are sitting in those traditional jobs sometimes are like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome mm-hmm. to be a freelancer and have the, you know, where are we ever really? No, um, no. Happy? The flexibility <laughs> and the freedom. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really nice. Yeah. Uh, they're dreaming you're... about flexibility and freedom and we're dreaming about uh, consistency. Exactly. And our accountant is going, oh my God, all these revenue streams I, I have to deal with. <laughs> what do I do with this person? <laughs> exactly. Well, is- I appreciate you sharing more about what you do and what you're seeing in in this industry and in, in the whole career world, because mm-hmm. it just opens up so many doors for people to consider that this is valued. You know, some people struggle and I, I mean, even myself, it's well, what do you do? Hmm. <laughs> what do I do? It's so many things. Where do I start? And you feel like it's not an identity that you can feel is valuable or it's not a, right. it's not a purpose, right? But that it's, it is, it's becoming, you know, you're seeing a lot of growth. There's a need for this. There's, it's valued. Mm-hmm. And it is very strongly contributing to what is happening and the things that are being built and created and, and that, yeah. are, that are happening in the world. So it's not any less important or any no. you know, less of a identity attached to it. It's just, that's what you've chosen and you can be more flexible and it can be part of a transition or it can become your career for a number of years. And then maybe like we say later on, if you want to transition back into traditional. Absolutely. And I mean, right now I'm running um, this branch out project with all non-traditional workers. So contractors and freelancers and consultants. And, and it's very different to lead that type of team as well. Um, But everybody that, that I've hired for this particular project, they have their reasons for why they're working like this. And it's very clear. And are they any less talented than anybody else? Absolutely not. Like, absolutely not. And so people are just wanting to work differently and people are wanting to um, manage their careers in a different way. So we're starting to see, um, I think, a loosening of what it means to uh, have a career or work or a job. It's different now. And I and and that's good. And I think COVID has accelerated kind of what was already happening before COVID. This this was happening before COVID, where people were making these types of changes in the non-traditional workforce and portfolio careers. That was already growing before COVID, because I was doing a lot of speaking engagements on that prior to COVID. And then I think what we saw is COVID just again it accelerated it and it made it it it. For lack of a better word, it's it's kind of made it sexier, mm-hmm. right? More acceptable. So it's not, oh, you're working this way uh, because you're not a good enough worker or you're working this way because, you know, you can't find something better or you're working this way because you're a starving artist and... and you know, you're and, working this way because you can't <laughs> get along with the other people in the office. So or that, <laughs> yeah, whatever, right? You're, very true. And, and none, of the, none of this is, is none of th- these are all misconceptions and, 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 uh, um, and falsehoods in, in the world of non-traditional work. And I think, again, now what we're seeing is we're seeing this being um, 
I don't want to say it's trendy, but there is an element of trendiness to it because you have, you know, all those YouTubers that are, I'm a digital nomad and I'm just doing contract work and I'm riding around in my, the van that I, that I've, you know, totally remodeled and I'm cruising around Arizona and I'm, you know, parking in, in campgrounds that have Wi-Fi and I'm working. And so there's an element of trend, trendiness and sexiness, I think, to it now. It's sort of glamorous, and it's not. It truly isn't. Like, all you have to do is try working out of your trailer for a week, and you realize you've got a sore back, and, and this actually sucks. But And I miss my ergonomic chair. But, <laughs> but, but, I, think, um, but I think that what's happened uh, by making it trendy is actually good. Because now what we're seeing is that it's more acceptable. And when some, and you know, when somebody says to their parents, well, I'm going to become a virtual assistant, um, the, the parents I'm hoping in five years will not say, oh, that's a bad idea that they'll actually say, oh, that's interesting, you know, because they know what a VA is Mm -hmm. and that you can actually, you know, make a living as a virtual assistant. And I'm happy. I, I did have a question about what you've seen. I, suspected as well that COVID had accelerated this and mm-hmm. and changed our views and values on it and actually gave more people that option where some many companies had resisted it before and then they found that they were forced to discover that this works right so yeah that, you know it's it's great as a last piece of advice to the listeners mm-hmm. um, what would you want to mention to anybody who is still kind of on the fence about jumping ship from a traditional job? Oh, yeah. Um, I get asked this question a lot. And what I say to people is before you quit your day job, and anyone would have said this to, you know, any anybody who's thinking that they're going, you know, to run off and become an actor overnight, or a musician overnight or something like that, um, is, you know, don't, quit your day job and until you have like really run your numbers like you you really need to understand how much money you need to make every month and be very clear what I find with non-traditional workers is people who have been doing this especially long term and like for a period of time is we understand our finance our financial needs monthly and we tend to um, we tend to run a very lean machine so um, because we want to work this way, and so we're, we're a little bit more entrepreneurial and startup-ish when it comes to thinking about our finances. So um, I always say to people, you know, before you quit your day job, really understand how much money you need to make a month. And then, you know, don't just quit your day job. It's not a bad idea to, you know, get your first income stream kind of going, especially if you're considering income streaming. And then you do that, you know, full-time job and side hustle kind of idea. Like that is sort of the best way to kind of ease your ease yourself into non-traditional work. And but if you're somebody that has, you know, you haven't generated income for a period of time and you want to get into this, then just go get, you know, something casual, part-time, you know, some freelance work, like get your foot back in the door of working this way. Cause you might have done like a lot of un, what I call unpaid work. Like work is work. Some of it is unpaid and some of it is paid. Right. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> That's good advice. That's really good. Now this branch out 
is you said it's for 18 months. Is it a, mm -hmm. that's it's an 18 month commitment if people sign up? Oh, no, no, sorry. So we have so uh, it's funded to Albertans for the next 18 months. So our our workshop series of three workshops is funded to Albertans for the next 18 months. So we're finished in December 2024, offering it for free. So we'll probably continue to offer it after that, but it will become either a fee for service uh, workshop series unless we can, you know, convince um, convince <laughs> convince our funders to continue to fund. Um, but right now we have we have we have that period of time and um, to offer it for for free to Albertans and um, and yeah and then and then yeah they they have to make a two day commitment so each workshop is two full days and so it's a commitment of time and they can come for they come for two full days and they they you know learn what they need to learn in each in each workshop and uh, we've we have an excellent designer instructional designer who. And we, we've done a really good job on the design of this so that the entire workshop series fits together and builds on skills. However, you can come into each individual workshop and they're also standalone workshops. So anything that you learn in one workshop stands alone. That learning can, you can just do that one workshop and walk away and you've got what you need. So, so the design is really awesome. Um, and so we've we've been running since October, and or sorry September. We launched in September, and we have been sold out. So what I've been doing, like every month, and we've just recently dropped our workshops for December, and we'll be dropping um, more dates in January. And so people can go to our website and uh, or find us on Eventbrite. And we will include all of your contact information and those links in the show notes. So people don't have to panic. Oh my God, where am I going to find this? It'll all be there. And yeah. thank you very much, Gail, for introducing us to, I guess, not just the concept, but the value in, in working this way and to mm -hmm. really consider it. So yeah, you're you welcome. Your you're welcome. Thank you for having me. We'll have you back again. Okay. <laughs> Please do. I love talking about this topic. Hopefully you heard something today that helps you wherever you might be in life. Do you have questions or a suggestion for a topic you want to know more about? Let me know. Check the show notes for all the contact information. Follow this podcast and find us on social. Know anyone who might find this information helpful? Be a friend and share it. And hey, thank you for hanging out with me today. Keep smiling that beautiful smile. The world needs your sunshine. It means a lot that you spend this time with us and meet our experts and professionals who can help you through whatever life changes you're facing. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website, lifechangesmag.com. The link is in the show notes. Our disclaimer, Divorce Magazine Canada, Life Changes Magazine, and channel and divorce resource groups are intended to educate and provide quality, credible resource information. The contents should not be used as factual until consultation with the appropriate professionals for any guidance. Divorce Magazine Canada, Life Changes Magazine, and Life Changes Channel, as well as the divorce resource groups, do not constitute endorsements for 
nor liability for any claims made in the presenting of this information.